I bet he is. A manly yoga. <laughs> All right. I pressed the button. I pressed the button right on that. Right on manly yoga. All right. So greetings, everyone. Welcome to an episodic discussion podcast on Hogwarts Legacy. We're going to be talking about mainly everything involving with like the wizarding world the game itself how it's presented and of course we're going to be talking about how we think about the gameplay and a lot of other questions i'm your host renegade operative and today we have our first co-host here which is brendan hello guys the mvp is back in business hashtag hogwarts legacy rocks next up is max Hello, my name is Max Electro. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pretty excited to talk about what was definitely regularly played in my house as movies just growing up. Like, I have a very fond place in my heart for uh, Hogwarts, so happy to talk about it. Next up is Cryo. Uh, I'm glad to be here finally talking about this. Uh, honestly, gem of a game. And last but not least, we have Shook. What is up? I have been containing a lot of excitement for this fucking discussion, so let's fucking go. All right. All right. All right. So we're going to jump right in with the first question. And it's how do you feel about the expansive world of Hogwarts Legacy with the map, dungeons, and the school location itself? And the first person I'm going to pick is from the top, which is Shook. All right. So I think it was amazing. I I think one of the the weirder parts was actually going back in time and cutting this kind of deal. So like, you know, some people are used to the books and the, and the movies and all that shit. So you're used to it being like in the the nineties, early two thousands kind of deal. So going back to the 1800s and going to like a different headmaster and all this kind of uh more medieval uh, setting was pretty interesting. Very uh, like a breath of fresh air kind of deal also. And, uh, I just like how it felt. It felt really uh, very, I don't know, just it was fun. It was very, uh, it, it just basically brought the child in me in terms of how it was. And uh, I think map overall was huge. I think it was probably like the scarier part, the map itself. And uh, it wasn't too bad, though. Once you actually start to run around and, and get the broom and get all the all the stuff and you get to explore a lot so that was pretty fun dungeons themselves were, were not difficult but they were like not easy either they had their own puzzles and all that kind of stuff so some of them were good some of them were kind of like meh some of them were like broken sometimes at least for me and uh yeah i think it was like overall the uh, the whole just world itself was very nice and just comfortable i guess you could say you know all right i'm gonna go next i'm gonna make mine real quick so this from i'm just gonna be blunt this world is big as fuck uh i could get lost in it because hogsmeade is also you know expansive and then there's the other cities uh neighboring that as well as the vistas and mountains and everything in the school itself is like it has a lot to do whether it's like unlocking the doors and then doing the missions there or um, doing a lot of side content and getting lost in the shuffle as well. So I think that it's definitely a lot of things to do in this game where you're going to put in a time sink and you're going to be like playing a lot, unlocking new spells, getting new potions and trying to mix and match combinations together to make 
the strongest wizard you possibly can. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I am not gonna lie. Like the standardized gameplay itself of fighting, you know, running around, going in dungeons, taking classes. Um, it had a purpose and incentive to it when you were doing certain things. Now, granted, there are things that felt very mundane. Uh, I'm not fond of the whole animal carrying thing, but that's going to spill over to the next question. But I still feel like this game had a lot to offer, whether it's like running around and doing tasks and really just trying to find the secrets of the school itself, because there's like certain locked doors or locked treasures that you need magical powers and upgrades to get so it's very expansive in that regard of not only just the world itself but upgrading your character as much as you possibly can and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on but yeah i thought it was pretty cool so next we have cryo um uh honest honestly i i loved how big the world was i mean it's exactly how it's supposed to be. I mean, you really can't make an open world, you know, a Wizarding World game without it being, you know, super massive like this game is. It's there's a lot of things to do. Whether it's the uh, the dungeons, uh, picking up picking up the pages, exploring uh, secrets little easter eggs from the books like uh the chamber of secrets entrance to uh in the uh the slytherin bathroom just or not even no not that room i don't think it was that room I, or maybe it was but i remember seeing it and i'm and i just got bought right back to the first time I saw Chamber of Secrets um, and, you know, read the book as well. And I like how it tries to keep keep your um, your attention and how there's something in here for everybody of all quote-unquote skill levels of uh you know, playing games. You got something for your casual, something for um, the hardcore players, the people that like to pick up the collectibles, do 100%, everything like that. Uh, I just, I just really love it. I can't really think of many bad things to say in terms of it being such expansive for uh, an open world, wizarding world game. All right, Max, it's your turn. I'm gonna, you know, I, I promise I'm Ravenclaw, but I'm about to uphold my Slytherin heritage because I feel like an asshole already. <laughs> I haven't even started yet. Um, so the expansive world itself. All right, so starting off with just like Hogwarts as a castle itself is a freaking magical place. Earlier, kind of talked about like the childlike joy of seeing all the paintings move, the staircases move. My personal favorite was like the armor sets that like. You know, you'd see them either talking to each other, sometimes sword fighting, falling over, all sorts of like small little tiny animations that are just absolutely delightful. Hogsmeade was the exact same way. It really felt like um, 
I guess I guess to say like uh if you guys have ever been to like Universal Studios going through like the little Hogwarts land or whatever the area is called, that's what it felt like. Childlike joy is really the best way to explain it. It was a lot of fun. And um yeah, as mentioned before, exploring through the castle and actually like finding the different secrets and things. That being said, um something that is gonna kinda come up a little bit later as well. But um is the spell Revelio. Basically, you just, like, go... You have an aura of revealing everything. Hogsmeade and Hogwarts themselves were really fun to explore in, but eventually it became less about actually exploring it and more about using Revelio, finding the secrets, and moving on, to the point where if you actually completed an area, it would almost feel like you'd never go there again. It was lifeless, almost. And then throughout the world, something that, something that hasn't really been brought up yet... Yes, it's a big, expansive world. There's lots of cool little places, cool little, like, architectural details and the like. But you get a mount really quickly. You get three separate mounts that all do basically the same thing really quickly. So a lot of it, unfortunately, becomes flyover country, which definitely became a bit of a shame, especially with while you were flying, Revelio's radius got even bigger. So eventually it stopped being more of a locations and more of just, like... As was mentioned before, a treasure hunt and just going through collecting them and then never going again or using the fast travel system. Um, it reminded me of an idea that I really learned when I was uh, playing Skyrim that some open world games, we're, we'll kind of talk about this in the second point as well, but um, some open world games are not meant to be explored fully because a lot of repetition happens. There's all sorts of collectibles that individually like collecting the book pages doing the merlin trials you know running through balloons all those sorts of things are fun but as you explore the world you quickly begin to realize a lot of them are repeated quite often and you like run into the same one multiple times so it was one of those situations of this is a big world it's pretty it makes me happy i love walking through it but you, it's almost cluttered with things that don't necessarily make sense. It might as well be the Civil War. There's so many different enemy encampments between goblins, poachers, and the like. You don't see very many civilians. The different little towns themselves are cute, but then you realize there's a lot of copy-pasting. It's one of those odd situations of, like, if you only go the way that you're, like, if, if you go on your own little happy path and explore it, it's wonderful. It's magical. It's pretty. I love it. But once you decide to explore everything especially if you decide to do it on foot it quickly grows monotonous unfortunately um i'm sure we'll talk more about puzzles and the like in the next part but yeah it was kind of one of those weird it was pretty until i realized i saw the same building for the the same building or the same goblin encampment for the 15th time brandon what about you uh how i feel about the drone world I frankly, I actually love them. I also apologize for the bird in the background if you hear it. Uh, but I actually very much enjoy just exploring the world and whatnot, right? But my issue with it is like once you leave Hogwarts and Hogsmeade, it does become a bit um muted because mostly you only explore a lot of force, right? It's not not enough large uh, civilian sediments. And that is my um, core issue with the um, exploration, is that right? I'm fine with the mounts, because considering how big this world is, 
there's no way hell you're going to be traveling all down on foot, though. Now, granted, though, I did that because, well, I covered half the map before I was even allowed to um, be a lot of enemies. I'm the crazy person in, um, in that situation, right? But um, to do that again, I don't want to. I'd rather have a mount and go over to those locations again and then uh, move on with my life. But um, that being said, though, like, yeah, the map is huge. Honestly, quite frankly, a little too big. Am I honest? Honestly, because like I mentioned before, like there's a lot of areas to explore, but it's like a just very one note same, right? Because not enough humans on um, element. You find mostly enemies, which is nothing wrong with that, right? But it's not it's not like a good balance between having you know large locales and you know general generalized areas. But that could be the fault of the whirlwind, because remember we traveled back in time, and so technically speaking, we have less settlements compared to what we had in Hogwarts. Um, sorry, Harry Potter. I correct me if I'm wrong, of course. I'm not a lore enthusiast in Harry Potter, so I'm afraid to correct me on that. Uh, but that being said, though, um, the dungeons will probably be the best part because that breaks up the monotony of exploring the um, open world. Yeah. I... Uh, and I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I agree with that. I agree that um, there could be some monotony here or there, and that I kind of wish it was a little bit more denser on population so uh if i wanted to squeeze that in on my part then i could definitely agree with that for sure for sure anything, uh, but, anything else you have to say brendan uh no we'll get going number two because um i feel like everything else i would bring up is um generalized gameplay all right so we're moving to number two what is our overall thoughts on the general gameplay with hogwarts legacy should you go first So gameplay wise, at least at first, I was not a big fan of it. Um, I think it got a lot better as you progress through the game, but sometimes it still felt like you're still doing the same three piece combo, and then you know you you throw your magic, and then you throw another one, and cycle over, and do the same shit all over again. I would like to have like more combo varieties with the wand itself, but um. But for what it was, it was okay. Like, I'm not too hateful on combat-wise. Um, the... I want to say the... Um, there was these, like, trials that you could do. And one of the things that I wasn't a big fan of is that there was... I think there was, like, maybe two or three of them, and they're, like, quite different. But still kind of the, the same, like, five or six waves you would have to do. And I kind of would have preferred to have more of those instead of, like, a hundred Merlin trials. So, um, uh, those were kind of, like, a big letdown whenever you couldn't do more of those uh, wave survival kind of deals. Um, they were, like, a good way to get experience and all that kind of stuff. Um, another thing would be the, uh, the flying, I do agree that there was too many, uh, too many mounts and too many. Uh, I think they should have given us the choice. I think we would have better been better off just having a choice of what to actually use as a uh, mount instead of having like two or three different options. And uh, I think they didn't really kill it for me because I would just still use the broom anyways. So um, I think it was fun to use the Griffin, but I, I still didn't really care much about it compared to the, the broom itself. Um, another thing was the Revelio. Of course, the Revelio drove people insane 
and I agree, it drove me insane. Um, it was like it was fun at first for like the first like twenty hours, I want to say, until you explore pretty much everything that you're able to do so at the time without progressing the story as much. So I think that was uh, that was another kind of like it got annoying, especially spamming that shit every every corner. Um, and I don't know why, but I had the the type of a uh, of hype itself at least whenever they said uh you could kill and torture people and i was kind of very uh not happy about the fact that you can't really do that to uh everybody <laughs> you can only do it to the enemies so that was kind of a letdown in terms of how people like fucking uh overhyped it of course as always and uh another one could be the um the classes i kind of expected it to be like bully I don't know why, but I, I kind of wanted it to be bully in terms of the classes. I wanted to be involved in the classes, not just like a little one minute, you know, cutscene and then you go classes over. That's kind of a letdown to me. I, I, I was really hoping it was going to be like bully. I have like a little mini game in this class and then, you know, learn something in terms of the, the class itself. So like there was like a couple like, you know, dispersed things that kind of annoyed me, but I was like, it's fine. It's like, it's, the first game of this type of, you know, magnitude. So I was like, maybe if they do like a second one, they might do a better option in terms of how to do the school stuff and how they do uh, the combat and all that kind of stuff. So I think there are minor gripes, but it's not something that just like took away from me playing the game in general. So I think, I think it was a, just an overall fun game and I, I enjoyed it. So, you know. All right. So I, I do think this game was fun for basically the most part. Um, obviously, as as most open world games, you know, it can get repetitive like real quick in certain sections. I'm not gonna lie. Um, some of the tasks that you do, or or like just you know going around doing like orders for people and stuff like that, typical open world syndrome definitely does exist with this game uh i agree with what suge said where the classes could have been a lot more engaging than a professor talking to you like for about one minute and then the cutscene is over you get basically next to no other information other than the fact that yes you're gonna probably be doing your next spell or you're gonna be getting your next sort of um thing for potions in the next scene for the next class and it could have been a lot more hands-on. Um, that's what makes Bully's classes so engaging is because, you know, success or fail, uh, you do these things and it's interesting and it's always different for each class. And I think obviously leading into what is going to transpire later, uh, that's something they could have like focused on. I also feel like they could have had, I don't like the fact that they don't have this, but I, I kind of wish there was a police system, you know, if you're doing all this stuff or whatever, you can't even hit any of the uh, teachers or, or kids there. That's kind of what made the Rockstar stuff so engaging is because you can do whatever the fuck you want. So I just wish that if you're running around with a killing curse and you're shooting people with it, that, you know, something would come for you if you keep, you know, fucking up. And I, I think that would have made the game a little bit more enjoyable to be a brat. Um, 
that being said you know what is there does work on a basic level of fundamentals like you got your uh standard combos i i, I did like that they put their thought into the spells having combos so um excuse me you could grab someone with the um or push someone with accio or other spells you have and hold them in the air and keep hitting them so i did like that they varied the gameplay up to that large extent and it, it made me want to experiment and test around and learn new abilities and dark arts which is what i did in the game uh it's the only thing i i say other than that i have a problem with is just the loop of the game because it, it just all sort of convulses and goes back to what i previously said with the fact that it does get old really quickly and that's my opinion on it like it is a lot to offer of course and they do have a lot of missions and, and, and perspectives and things you could do but i just feel like there could have been a little bit added more on top of it where open world games keep progressing forward and forward and forward as opposed to you know having this thing where you can't attack people and all this other stuff so i just wish it was a little bit more freedom to the gameplay as well so next up we have cryo um yeah uh there there were quite a few parts that did feel pretty repetitive uh more so some of the but for honestly the main thing that i personally felt was super repetitive and dawning was the merlin trials there's way too many as she looks at way too freaking many um it just it just got kind of very old and repetitive for me by uh maybe like the 15th or even the 10th one and by the time i got to the last trial i'm like i'm like all worn out like mentally from it because it was just the same task just constantly and it's like once you get the hang of uh the i think there's the var variations of it's like maybe three or four once you know those and you blast through all of them it just gets tiring uh really does slow down the gameplay um i wish also that like someone else had mentioned there were more combos uh i understand that this is avalanche's uh first game with the wizarding world so i'm not going to be expecting it to be some kind of grand devil may cry as combo here uh i'm not expecting at all anything with avalanche given again this is their first game um open world that they've made because this company uh, as far as i know they were they the only close open world game they made was um disney's infinity that was the only open world game that they did um and the rest were like disney movie tie-ins before disney closed down their uh game division uh I, the flying, the flying did save a lot of time, uh, 
I'm glad they didn't like force force you all the time to go by foot. Because uh, the world is way too big to go on foot. Uh, uh, the spells, uh, I'm happy with the amount of spells we got. Uh, there's a few that shouldn't have been in the game. It should have been replaced. But uh, all in all, I liked it. But there were quite a few gripes besides the one I'm, ones I mentioned about like the combo, the trials. Um, I did not like the fact that once you got towards halfway through the game, through at least like the main story, you started seeing some variety, like the same variety of enemies, um, which, depending on the moment in the game, it took me out just a little bit. Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, it's you again. Didn't I kill you already? Uh, and like what Ren said, I wish there was some kind of like punishment system. But the thing is, with the Wizarding World, the way it works, the way, oh God, the way it works, um, the way it works is you don't instantly get like the cops sent to you. You pretty much instantly go to court and you get sent to Azkaban in this time period at least you immediately get sent to Azkaban actually there is no trial you just immediately get thrown into uh, Azkaban um, so in my opinion it would it just doesn't work at least in this time period maybe later on uh, they could do something like that or, or hell, maybe if you do some kind of shenanigans in Hogwarts, maybe uh, you get detention. And, you know, something like that. Uh, the classes as well, I really wish that um, the ones that you get, like the spells, like the side ones, I really wish there was more in-depth than just uh, cutscene, fade, slowly fade to black, uh, another cutscene slowly fade to black. Uh, here, tr try it on this training dummy. I just really wish that was also more fleshed out. Um, but other than that, that's all I really have to say about that. Maybe a few more settlements as well. But in this time period, there really wasn't a whole variety of settlements, not until I think maybe like the early 1900s, the middle of the 1900s in the Wizarding World around Hogwarts. And it was already in a disarray anyways because the war between the wizards and the goblins. But yeah, that's my final thoughts on that. Max, it's your turn. Alright, so for me, uh, there's a bunch of aspects of this by virtue of it being an open world. So to kind of break it apart, uh, for first thoughts on like the general fighting mechanics, um, I don't think I've ever played a game before which gave you the, um, I guess I would say the premise of everyone uses ranged attacks. Yes, there are some melee enemies, but for the most part, everyone uses ranged attacks. So it was like an interesting kind of difference, especially with like 
how the counter system worked and how you had to um people would get a purple shield so you would need to use a purple control spell or someone would have a yellow shield so you'd have to use a yellow i just forget if it's control it's two versions of like controls or debuffs however you want to say it it was system it was fine um that being said when i say that like we'll go into this more with like the enemies but it did get repetitive quickly you found your combo um the spells that they gave you it was good to have like a lot of variety of them however the problem with them is is that each one effectively invalidates the previous one sure there might be like specific enemies or specific situations where like this specific spell will do this or that you have to use this spell for a puzzle but for the most part you get the spell it's a small flamethrower you'd replace it with the long range fireball you'd replace it with the bigger fireball and then you replace it with the slashy and then the even bigger fireball each one invalidated the previous one or like okay you can pull people or push or lift or flip or freeze why bother with these other ones and um a lot of it just became cluttered which kind of talking about the uh it, it kind of goes into the uh how, how you'd say like the collectibles and the nature of those as well that you would get all these different they would give you tabs for these different spells except they would all effectively do the same thing when it comes straight down to combat or like you know virtually the same thing except for like specific situations that aren't worth thinking about without tangling yourself up so as much as I did like the combat aspect of it, it did get repetitive. That being said, using your environment to like throw items or you charge up and get a combo. So there's like a focus on that and pairing. So you have like your little rap. I don't know what they're actually called. It's like ancient magic. I was just called the wrath of God. That was fun, even though other enemies didn't do the same. I'm kind of reminded in the movies. Um, the talent points are mentioned. I'll talk about those. Don't you worry. Um, so, uh, something that reminded me in the movies, I always forget which one, but the fight directly between Dumbledore and Voldemort, where they're at the Ministry of Magic and they're throwing water at each other. They're shattering glass and throwing it, making giant fireballs and fire snakes. This incredibly cool moment of showing like what two true wizards could do once they were willing to let loose at each other. That fight is awesome. That fight is kick ass. I love it. But. Then you think about the same fights that happened 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after in the same movie. It's people flicking their dicks and like shooting little magic things and doing Protego. That's it. That's all it is. That shit's boring. I might as well go play Call of Duty to have the same kind of experience. I wanted to be clever with my spells and like to have a bit more freedom. And a lot of them are just kind of unnecessary. Uh, to continue on with like the gameplay, speaking of an unnecessary, there's an entire farming and crafting and plant like growing aspect to the game. It's fun to play Animal Crossing, but let's be honest, you don't need it at all. It was never a requirement. Like, I forget if there was difficulties. I'm fairly certain I played on the hardest one. It didn't matter at the end of the day. It was more just like it mattered as much as customizing your wand that it makes you feel good and it's cool to do. But really, it didn't matter. Um, the collectathons, as mentioned before, repetitive as all get out. So my wife, um, my wife was playing this game at the same time, and she was being a bit more completionist than I was, but she stopped after a while. I could have these numbers wrong, so fact check me if I get it wrong. There are like 80 trials of Merlin. There's only like five or six or so different variations of it. And you stop getting 95 was the number. Thank you for that. And you stop getting rewards for them after like 40. Earlier, I mentioned that like 45. Thank you. 
I really appreciate that. Um, like earlier, I mentioned this is not a game meant to be 100%ed. This is not a game where you're meant to explore every inch of it. And that right there to me is absolute proof. Depending on where you go, there is so much random shit between the like having to find the little statues with the little moon crystals that you can only get at night for some arbitrary dumbass reason. The different plant, the different like telescopes you have to find. The balloons, the Merlin trials, the uh, like landing on certain platforms. All of these different collectibles and all of these different things that try to help you with something that wasn't even really required do we really need to find all these little monkey statues to learn how to open a lock which every level of lock is the exact same little mini game do we really need more inventory space when there could have just been a system to not have it it felt really cluttered really unnecessary and really repetitive which is a shame because like looking at each of these aspects individually if you just do it once and walk away it's fun it's fine there's nothing wrong with it i like looking through a telescope i like trying to like figure out like the merlin trial they were fine but once you realize just how many there were it really and i mean really did not matter and it just sucked the soul out of you um earlier as mentioned solomit um i'm willing to make a bet everyone here has like extensively played like grand theft auto and bully i have not but i remember hearing about like yeah so in bully you actually do classes and they're like little mini games and you actually have to like think about how you're going to do them and you have choices and things. I heard that and I was like, man, would have been nice. And learning a spell was cool. You know, thank you. Uh, thank you, animal teacher, for teaching me the spell that's a live hand grenade. And I am just like a 12 year old. I know I'm like 15, but whatever. I'm like a 12 year old student. Thank you for teaching me how to make a live hand grenade. But like it didn't really feel like you were ever part of hogwarts as a student or that you were disciplined by the teachers i'm not even saying there needs to be like a full-on like police system just i want one of them to like slap me on the head for not studying properly something it really felt like they just gave you like a busybody list of like hey go run around faff about in the wilderness play with like the forbidden forest and the giant ass spiders that could eat you in like three seconds because you're a 15 year old but like they just told you to go off and then you learn a spell and then you do the real shit and then you would go off and do the next thing. It didn't really feel like you were part of a school so much as like an errand boy just doing stuff to run around. And it was fun to explore, but it didn't really feel like the full magical Wizarding World experience in that regards. Um, yep, I just want to make sure I had all my thoughts I ran down. Basically that... As much as things are to fun, as much as things are fun to do individually, it didn't really work the best together or give the intended experience. I think because it all boiled down to being like different weird little mini games or different weird combat things. That it wasn't so much about you being a student; it was about you running around with big old protagonist energy, and it was kind of a shame, honestly. Brendan, what do you have to say about this question or anything said previously? <clears throat> okay, see, where can I start actually? Because that's a that's a lot of the taken. I guess I'll start with the core gameplay loop. Um, at first value, it it is definitely repetitive because the game does not really open up until you hit level. I want to say ten. Now, the um, the game doesn't necessarily do the best job at detailing this though, but the once you unlock the talent trees, which is actually, yeah, I think it's level 12, actually, um, level 15, when you start unlocking the talent trees, 
that where the game truly shines um and is on what is on combat because you can actually augment your spells to have different general uses right because like max mentioned that um certain spells about the others right which is not true especially with the um talent trees why because of, for example the short flamethrower um realm that right there actually has um it's a good crop control move when you're surrounded by a bunch of goblins for example right it will brush them off you right in contrast to the um, long-range fire attack, it will actually, you know, it will have a good radius, but it will also spread out a little bit, right? But it's not the same crowd control. Um... Well, yes, you're a correct cryo. However, though, you have to be a specific level to even do the mission anyway. Because uh, the game game will, um, like, cop block you. But the uh, point is that, yeah, um, the game actually does a good job at making all spells useful. Just, like, it will come down to your personal um, preference or taste, though. That that's the end of the day we'll come down to. Now, um oh you gonna say something, Ren? No no no, I just unmuted. Okay. Uh so you're saying something uh, as a final thing to add on or was that it? No no no, there's more to say. Um as far as like the open world thing that like, you guys mentioned, like it should be a penalty. I actually don't agree with that. Now, um believe it or not, actually teachers do say something if you use a Baba Kadaver. Uh, around them, he was like, hey, don't do that. What's wrong with you, right? But he don't do nothing to enforce it, which is disappointing. But the one thing I actually do really appreciate this game is doing is that there's no technically a morale system. Because um, using unfigurable curses shouldn't necessarily be inherently evil. Because um, one character in question is um, Sebastian. I'm not going to get too deep into um, his little thing because it's a lot of spoilers. But uh, he, him, he's a good example of, you no, know, just because you use um, curses doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person. That's why I appreciate about um, this, this game. You have complete freedom to do whatever, whatever you want. But I do think that the game should take more notice of you using these particular spells, right? And then try to convince, say, Professor Weasley, because she's around you a lot. You should, um, like... He um he should um like convince your oh he as in your main character should convince Professor Weasley that um no yes I know I'm using forgivable curses right but I'm doing this to protect other people not from my own selfish interests. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, like yeah, I, I I guess I wanted to add on to the police system. I I guess one thing that uh like it, it doesn't have to be too restrictive. Like oh you just get tackled by every single person, but it's just more of a fact of more of a reaction to what's going on because while they do say hey don't don't do that i i do feel like you know if you're you know hitting people with it or trying to hit people with it and they have like no effect or you can only hit uh particular enemies on the map then it sort of takes you a little bit out of the experience because some games you can just run up to people do whatever so it, it feels like it could have been a little bit more fleshed out in that regard. And if you did like go on a massive killing spree, then uh, people could take notice or something like that. So yeah, even then, like I, I would love the fact of if you fight too many people, it's like, oh, other civilians get in and they start like trying to kick your ass or whatever other wizards. Uh, but yeah, that being said, I do appreciate the freedom this game does give you in certain aspects because I do feel like uh, if it was too restrictive, it just wouldn't be as fun anymore. Exactly. So think about all the complaints we have right now with the open world. Imagine having some arbitrary restriction to do stuff. 
people will drop this game quicker <laughs> than um than um the average you know uh player would right oh i believe so it. Yeah. now the one thing though they definitely should do in the sequel is for love of god let us do more classes right let us say level up certain spells you learn from a class from teacher inside that class now that would be no more ideal way to keep the classes in there because at the end of the day though there's something like the movies themselves ironically did where after a certain point the school didn't even matter it's the adventure it's pretty much hogwarts legacy in a nutshell no it's the adventure that counts not you going to school and do shit <clears throat> yep but uh yeah. that was okay Oh, I, I was just gonna throw in, um, like just like I had mentioned, you know, a while ago, um, I, I would rather, I would want to see like our character get thrown into um, detention if we do something wrong in Hogwarts. I would want to yeah. see that in the next game, you know, like, oh, you, you, you hit a student with a spell, um, report to. Uh, professor so and so for detention, and things like that. I mean, I would want to see that kind of uh, system in the next game. But anything, anything beyond that, it really would not make sense for the Wizarding World, because it's like, okay, you're gonna use a unforgivable curse, get that ass banned to Azkaban. There's no <laughs> ands, ifs, or buts about that. Otherwise, people who are fans of the books and just the lore in general, they're gonna get take out. They're gonna get taken out of it because it's like, wait. So you mean I could just keep doing this over and over again? I just get thrown into Azkaban. I get pulled out of Azkaban. That doesn't make any sense. Say like I don't agree with that at all. Because at a point, what's the point of having the curse spells in it if you're going to get punished from every single time? So like, no, you should not um, have that penalty in. Yeah, I yeah, I would not want that penalty in at all. Get that ass banned, you dumb motherfucker. Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> I had to do it one time. Uh, so you told me I'm not allowed to play with sound effects because I would abuse it, and here you are. I only use it one time. I'm one not gonna use it again. Time. One time. But we're gonna move on to the next one. This should be a fun one. So, what is your favorite and least favorite spell to use in combat? Shug, you will be first. Okay. Um. So spell wise, honestly, um, I use like probably just the four, and I would have like different um like <laughs> different pages. You know, since you could have different loaders and whatnot, but I mainly just stuck to the one, and then I had the other ones for like the open world, uh, the open world stuff. So I I used a lot of uh, God, what is that one explosion one? It's not bombarda, but it's one like not not incendio, not bombarda. It's one of the one of the fires that, that you get like in between. I think it's that one where you, it's the it's long like range one. Incendio. The long range, range. The long range one. Incendio. Yeah, Confringo. 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 Okay. Oh, so, like four versions of the same thing. That's yeah, right. yeah. And uh, uh, I use that one a lot. And then um, another one that I would use a lot would be the ice. It's probably one of my favorite ones because I would have them like uh, just frozen. And they would be like, oh, you, you won't do anything to me. And I just like walked out to them while, while they were frozen and just, you know, murdered them. So, and they would just 
explode into particles because they were dead. For sure. And another one would be Crucio. I use Crucio a lot. I like the way that the character would say Crucio because you got to put, you know, that oomph into it when you use this. You got to mean that shit. And uh, Flipendo. Flipendo is a funny one. It's very fun because you could just grab anything and just circle them around in the air after using uh, the lift and just spin them and just spin them again. <laughs> that was a very funny one, especially you could do it to the cows and the, like the animals and shit. So that was very funny to do. But uh, yeah, those are, those are about the, like the, the, the couple of ones that I use a lot. Like I used them all, but I did them. I, I did. I didn't really stuck to all of them. I did just the four basically. So, um, yeah, like, I, I understand that there's a lot of them. There's, like, kind of the same varieties to some of them. But, uh, yeah, um, didn't really stick to that many different ones. And, of course, Expelliarmus would probably be, like, one of the uh, more commonly used ones, mainly because, you know, just disarm somebody. So, yeah, that's about it. All right, I'm going to go real quick. Uh Expelliarmus, I, I like disarming the uh, sort of wizard bandits that you fight in the outskirts of Hogsmeade. So, uh, knocking their wand out of their hand makes them far less annoying when dealing with them. Uh, Kafringo, which is the fireball, I, I just, I just like how it is motion in combat and how it's like long range. You can just hit somebody with it, roll out of the way, do another combo. Uh, so it's kind of the bread and butter. I kind of like the levitating spells. So, uh, you know, you get someone with Akio and then and they hover for a bit and then you do your combo and then you continue on. And um, I also like the ice spell because when you hit someone with it, not only does it freezes them, but it also does more damage over time. And I, I really, like that damage over time very much because it just sort of melts their health bar uh i'm not sure if this was some sort of random event or a spell by the way but i i do have some honorable mention i guess it's random with the way it happened but uh i think i did a combo or something to somebody and i don't know what it was i don't know how i did it but they just randomly got turned into a chicken and i thought that was funny as fuck when that happened so i was laughing so hard because i was like i could just turn this dude to a goddamn fucking farm animal and <laughs> he just runs around like a chicken and i just kill him so that I, was um that was one of the wrath of gods yeah, uh, before the ancient magic. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't know how I did that ancient magic technique, but that was extremely funny. So I, I just love doing that every single time because it's just hilarious. And that's about it for my favorite spells so far. So next up, we're gonna move on to Cryo. I, I was I was gonna say Ren could use that could that could use that excuse for for the police officer. Sorry, uh, sorry, officer. It was just funny. <laughs> Today was funny. Um. Okay, Ren. I'm gonna ignore that. Um. <laughs> uh. Oh man, there's so many. There's so many spells. Um, because I'm actually in the middle of uh, playing it uh, again right now. Um, the spells. There's a lot of spells to like go through to like choose which one was like a favorite. Um, 
Expelliarmus was extremely helpful for quite a few situations where you were being like swarmed with enemies. Um, Bombarda, Bombarda really helps. Uh, if enemies are around explosive barrels, because because well, it the you get two. Two explosive hits for the price of one. Um. Oh boy, but this one. This one, it's it's a hard one because most of these I use for you know a combo, you know excluding the unforgivable curses because those will be too easy to say this is my favorite, least favorite, what have you. I would have to say. I mean, a favorite of mine would probably would probably be um, probably Bombarda, probably Bombarda or um, or Glacius, and least favorite. I would say transformation, but that one is just too damn funny. Is transformation the one where they turn into a cock? Uh, no, no, they turn into a um, like a barrel that you like, like a barrel, a box. Oh it yeah, it was like a low grade banishment that you could just like stop someone from doing shit for a few minutes or minutes, uh, and then like play with other people. Unless I'm um, there's a thing caveat too. If you upgrade it with a talent point, it turns to a explosive barrel, which that becomes yes. one of the best spells in the game for yep. that reason. Yeah. Um, I mean transformation. That's for legit the lulls, as the cool kids say. Um, least like least favorite spells. Is this in general or is this for combat? Like combat spells. Um, I would say in general. Talking about like combat spells, I would probably have to say, um, flipendo. I would say in general, honestly. Oh, in in general, yeah, I'd still probably stick with, um, either flipendo, or um, mm, that was like revelio. Maybe descendo. Revelio least favorite. <laughs> I pro I probably say Flipendo or Descendo. I didn't really use um Descendo too much. I just always used um Accio and just combined that with um Glacius and I would hit them with Bombarda. Or uh Cafringo. All right, Max, it's your turn. Favorite and least favorite spells to use in combat or in general? Yeah, definitely. Um, when you guys were asking, it's like, okay, so we mostly focus on combat. I was going to just talk about all of them. Uh, if we're talking core favorites for me, see, my issue was that, like, when they give you, like, the, that bar of four you can use, by the end of the game, I realized you could just have all damage spells and only really pull up the yellow or purple spells until you needed them. And I, that's kind of what I got in the habit of. Probably my favorite damage spell was 
uh i always forget the exact name of it i just call them like it, it's the slashing one i think it's thematically fun expelliarmus second place because really what is my favorite spell is throwing things at people and doing the wrath of god as i mentioned before it makes you feel creative because there were um there were enemy types that like if you did expelliarmus you could grab their weapon in midair and slam them with it there are people with crossbows that if they fired it at you you could grab the bolt in midair and slam it with it sure it was like you could say it was just spamming the button the moment you like had anything in the environment but it made me feel a lot more clever as opposed to just like spamming different spells uh the control and transformation ones ice because it's funny and if you do it fast enough you could do the sneak attack on them again and um Really, that was if in terms of like control spells, something that hasn't really been brought up is um, we'll talk about it more when it comes to the actual uh, upgrade trees. Stealth is broken in the game, uh, in this game, especially when you get the uh, what we call the Petrificus Totalis that makes it so you not only knock out the person that you're hitting, but everyone around them. That shit is broken incredibly, incredibly fast. So I would definitely put it like high on the list it's like in terms of things to upgrade that's like one of the first things you should you should definitely get uh in terms of least favorite spells i mentioned before a lot of the spells in this game simply feel unnecessary i kind of wish there was more of a system instead of like let's have four different spells that all do fire i'd rather have it be like you have one fire spell and depending on how you cast it like if it's a light medium or heavy attack they would have different attributes because that would have maybe feel a lot more like versatile with it as opposed to like fighting with the scroll wheels and the best example that i think are all the animal crossing spells all the ones like well you specifically need one to put something down specifically need one to move something and specifically need one oh sorry put something down rearrange recolor or sell it you have to have all these different spells and then it's like oh well you need a specific spell to pet the doggy you need a specific spell to feed the doggy and you need a specific spell to like put the doggy in a bag as you pretend to be the worst version of PETA. like all of that felt unnecessary the light spell the uh specifically need one to go invisible all of these could have just been dedicated buttons or dedicated prompts like they didn't need to be a specific spell it reminded me of um you know you'd see on game commercials where they'd be like oh Recently, there was a Burger King commercial. I saw it at my uh, parent, parents-in-law's house because they actually had TV where they're like, there are 200,000 combinations you can have on your Burger King double meal or whatever. You're not going to use all those combinations, okay? You're going to find what you like. You're going to get that vanilla ice cream and you're going to call it a day. And that's what this game felt like. All these extra things were just to, so they could say that they have all these spells or have like ways to restrict you from moving forward in quests. And it wasn't necessary at all. So, yeah, really, in terms of favorite spells, the Force Throw, the Wrath of God, and least favorite is just the unnecessary amount of, like, repetition overall. Which is a shame, because at its base, once again, it's fun. Individually, it's fun. But when you have to fight the same ghouls 1,500 times, you kind of get into a rhythm, and I feel like that's not how it should be. All right, what about you, Brandon? Uh, what are your All thoughts right, on this? Uh, so for favorite, so I'm a um, number one for me is gonna be the ancient magic as Wrath of God as um Max calls it. Like the fact that you can just absolutely devastate your opponent, <laughs> like sling him around like a ragdoll, step on step on like a bug, or summon a lightning bolt out of nowhere and just obliterate 
I absolutely love the ancient magic. I wish there was more you could do with it. Which, by the way, what are the rules of ancient magic in Harry Potter lore? Because it seems to be inconsistent from how the movies and books establish it. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, follow with that, I really like the um, Unforgiven Curses. Especially how the voice actor and actresses um, just put so much emphasis on the words. Like, as um, one character say, you have to mean it for their own, for their own spells. Yeah, yeah, they mean it. And it is quite, you know, powerful spells, especially Avava Kadava, because you can one-shot virtually anything but the final boss, I believe. Uh, so, uh, next one would probably be the transformation um, spell. Uh, only because you can turn, you can upgrade it into uh, a barrel, a fire barrel, and toss the enemies to blow them up. Uh, so that's about it in terms of favorites, though. The general ones I do like are the ones I've used a lot, like the damage spells, the claw one, the fringo, and all that stuff. Like, yeah, those are the ones I like as well, though, but the ones I mentioned are absolutely my favorites. All right, so we're going to move on. We're going to move on to the next question. Uh, this is question number four. What is your favorite and least favorite enemy? Within the entire game, Shook, you're first. Oh my god. Least favorite fucking enemy that gave me the most trouble, no matter what level, no matter how many spells I threw at it, no matter whatever the fuck I did, I think if I, if I even like try to avada kedavra them, they would still live. The fucking frogs, I hated them. Those are the worst thing ever in my book next to the zombies but i had more trouble killing those goddamn frogs more than anything and i hated them anytime that i would have to encounter them i hated them i did not touch them the fucking dug bogs dug bogs were not fun at all they were cancer and i hated them yeah in fairness and... though the zombies can be easily killed with fire that's weird. I, I know that's why i said they're not oh, that no. much of a problem the frogs, the, are... the frogs are the worst thing ever and i hated them like the zombies you could deal with them as long as you had fire the frogs no matter what the hell you did they were still just just there i hated them um enemy wise to like um i want to say the knights that you fight in all those uh ancient uh i forget what they're called but you know those ancient rooms that you go into to discover all the uh the pensives I like fighting the them. Guardian. They were pretty fun. Yeah, the Ancient Guardians are pretty fun. Um, and uh, uh, what's it called? The Lord of Death. I like the Lord of Death also. That was also a pretty good uh, part of the story and part of like, just, just having to deal with it in general. Uh, that was like another favorite of mine. Besides those quote-unquote four enemies, are pretty much really the two that I fucking hate and the two that I kind of liked. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, all right, it is my turn. I honestly, this is kind of a generic answer, but I mean, in terms of enemies that I really hate it, I, I don't like those trolls at all. It's just kind of boring to fight them. The same old, oh, you gotta do the protego and then you parry the rock and then you throw it back at them and then they're like 
tankish for a bit uh so you gotta wait until they you know your distance and you gotta get away from them and they'll do heavy damage i i just felt like it dragged on way too long when you fight them you know granted i'm sure if you get better spells um you can absolutely destroy them but i i just felt like in the early stages of playing this game those enemies were really boring to fight versus most of them that i were encountering the trolls sucked uh now in terms of enemies i liked fighting i'm gonna say the wizards like every time a wizard fight occur is always something fun going down whether it's people getting transformed in certain things or they're using spells against you so it's like pretty much the guy is using the same shit that you know uh holding you in the air um trying to guard and everything i i just felt like fighting them were mirror images of obviously fighting yourself because you know fighting another fighting another wizard there uh and you never know what could happen or what the outcome could be which i really enjoy fights like that very much it's a very push and pull system of uh going against them and i thought they were fascinating especially when going against the uh higher end rogue wizards in the world and i thought that was uh pretty cool the way they did it so that's my favorite and least favorite and i'm gonna pass the baton over to cryo um Honestly, yeah, I definitely agree. Fuck those trolls. I did not... They're easy to take care of. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. However, they have the one thing I hate about these kind of games. And you want to know what that is, ladies and gentlemen? Tracking hits. I could have already dodged the incoming attack, yet somehow it locks onto me after I've already dodged. And I take the full hit for some reason. I do not like that concept. I don't. Also, the way that the trolls act. Trolls are naturally known. I'm, I'm going to be a nerd here. You know, actually. Trolls are not that smart. They're not that clever, really. Some of these moves they should not be able to do. Because I could, because also I could time it. I've timed it perfectly before, yet for some reason they would just track right on my booty. For whatever reason. I just don't care for that concept. Um. But my favorite, my favorite has to be, uh, like what Ren mentioned, the ones that, uh, that can really, like, throw your flow off. Uh, the ones that, like, hide in the back while, uh, they let the pawns take care of you. Um, either those enemy types or the Animagus, because you could, like, finish off the Animagus while they are in animal form but you have to finish them off again when they come back from uh being in animal form all right but, Matt. oh yeah you finished crow yeah yeah i'm all i'm all finished 
All right, Max, it's your turn. Favorite and least favorite enemies to fight in the game. So for me, I'm going to keep banging the drum of the more you explore the world, the less you realize that of the less you realize the amount of enemy types there are. Fighting the wizards is fun, but you also realize the grand majority of them fight very similarly, which is weird because they fight just like the students in the school. When you do the secret, please don't tell, but everyone obviously knows about a fight club. They literally fight the exact same way as them, which was kind of weird, honestly. But um, in terms of favorite enemies, I think it's the ones that introduce new kinds of spell casting, especially kinds that you yourself don't necessarily have access to. So for me, that would be a bunch of the uh, basic goblins, uh, the knights somewhat. I think if anything, the knights are just an awesome example of being like, yeah, every game has enemies that are like, this enemy is designed to teach you the mechanics. You will only win if you use the mechanics. And I think the knights do a very, very good job of that. But um, I would say the uh, the goblins, and I forget exactly which ones they are. It's the kind of poachers or dark mages that use like elemental powers of nature to try to fight you. Uh, I forget exactly what they're called, but like the ones like called out lightning and stuff. Those guys are fun because it introduces the idea that um, the movies and books kind of like get into this a little bit. That like goblin magic is completely different from human magic. So seeing the uh, I can only think of it as more uh, totem or shaman kind of varieties with the goblins where they would like summon ethereal versions of themselves to try to hit you. That I thought that was great. I thought it was a good time and it like made you think about magic in a different way as opposed to how you used it. I mean, you can't learn it, but it was still a pretty fun mechanic overall. The uh, enemies that I liked the least would probably be... The uh, I always forget what they're called. The zombies, the ghouls, the ones where you only use fire. Yes, it's true. They have an easy way to beat them, but it's that you have to take that extra step. So you have to sit there and like fiddle with your scroll wheel and make sure you have the specific spell that always drove me just absolutely nuts about it. And. um, Yeah, those are the primary ones, especially because there's a lot of situations where they would just like pop up endlessly. So you had to always switch back to using fire. But to kind of talk about Cryo's point a little bit, like, a lot of the enemies, uh, the, I mean, like, the troll is specifically because the troll has the ability to, like, do a shoulder charge throughout the entire arena. I think, the, like, part of the reason of why the enemies are so good at vacuuming to you is because the base gameplay that all enemies operate off of, spiders, wolves, everything, is, of a, is with the mindset of ranged combat. No one in this game actually aims just about ever it's not really about aiming because the little auto correct or auto aim or whatever you want to call it locks onto the nearest person you don't have to like sit there and like you know scope up your rifle or anything you just kind of do it which becomes a problem when you go up against wizards and you have like one standing beside another and one's using a yellow shield and one use is using a purple shield it gets really frustrating when you hit the wrong one and you have to sit there and wait for it to refill and meanwhile the other guy could just shoot at you openly and all the enemies operate the same way. They never really aim in an air. Well, some of them like kind of do, but for the most part, they're always locked onto you. So it's less about actually like good precision and getting headshots, but more about when to time your protego, when to time your roll, when to grab the crossbow bolt out of the air. So yeah, it does create situations where like the troll always just zips to you because he's locked on. He's never truly aiming. And in some ways, I would say that's a good thing. And with a lot of the enemies, it's fun. Like, um, 
Sometimes it's cool when the spiders zip to you or when they like crawl out of the ground and try to kill you or whatever. But other times it does get kind of annoying that there's no true cover or true way to escape danger other than to endlessly protect or endlessly dodge. But um, that's more of the design of the enemies in the combat itself. And uh, we can discuss that when we talk about like overall criticisms. But yeah, for me, I would say the goblin shaman casters, whatever you want to call them, are probably my favorites and least favorite are the ghouls, definitely. All right, and last but not least is Brendan on this question. Sorry, I was about least favorite enemy. Least favorite and favorite, if you have any. Uh, I don't necessarily have a particular favorite. Maybe the knights or the um agent like guys you fight um in those trials, or whatever. Maybe them might be my favorites because like, they actually kind of change up the the um gameplay look slightly, especially the um the big bad boss you get, you come across sometimes. But least favorite. Truth be told, I have quite a few least favorite, but I'm gonna go with those damn frogs you run into because they're so tanky. They have no right to be so tanky. Yeah, I'm gonna go with them. Fuck. Yeah, those guys are annoying. All right, so fuck the frogs. We got that. Um, we're gonna move on to the next one, which is what is your overall criticisms on the game itself that could be improved with a sequel? We kind of sort of covered this a little bit, but I guess if there's anything you guys want in a sequel that you'd like to see, uh, that'll be something that'll be focal. You can make it quick or fast. We'll begin with Shook. Um, I would like, like, everybody complained about it. I know everybody wanted it. I would like some Quidditch or some elements of it. Um, I think it would have been interesting to have Quidditch in there, but, um, um, even if it's just like, let's say the second game, they're like, oh, we're trying to bring it back, but we had to train new, new players and whatnot. So, you know, try out. Um, that would have been, you know, just fun in general to have something Quidditch related because people just, you know, wanted to do Quidditch more than anything for this game. So it was kind of let down for a lot of people that Quidditch was not in there. Um, another one, like I said, the classes, I would love to have just, you know, a little mini game. I don't, I don't care if it's just like, uh, just move your stick left and right and you do it. I just want a little mini game. So it feels like I'm doing something in this class, not just watching a cutscene. Um, I would like it to where if I have choices, I would like those choices to actually mean something, not just for some side characters and how, uh, you know, they kind of, some choices do matter, some kind of don't, but in the end, it doesn't really matter what you pick because it doesn't really affect anything in general besides, like, the one character that it affects. Um, and, uh... The races. I would have liked to have more races, but not just against a, a mirror kind of like or ghost kind of deal just chasing behind it. I would have like I would like to have more flying races also. I think those are pretty fun. They were very uh they gave me anxiety sometimes with how many, you know, how many twists and turns I would have to take whenever I would be flying to through the hoops. Um I would I would have loved to do uh some more of those and uh Again, yeah, like with the classes, I would love to do more of that. I think like a very fun class would have been, you know, uh, Herbology. Herbology would have been fun to do a lot of shit with. Uh, Potions class would be very entertaining. I think would have been probably one of the better classes in there. So, you know, uh, 
I would like I would like them to do a lot more with the classes kind of stuff. That's like probably my only my only complaint towards the game in terms of like what was the downer for me. So I think yeah, that's pretty much about it. Mm. Uh I think maybe the things that I want would be Quidditch, obviously, because, you know, I mean, it would have been cool to sort of play around with and see how that went down and, um, you know, it, it adds more variety to the game if that was in. <laughs> um, next up, I, I, I think a good addition would probably be, you know what, one thing I want is that if they are doing original stories i i think it'd be kind of cool if they did like maybe a hogwarts in the future uh that takes closer near the harry potter timeline i think that'd be cool see stuff that obviously is clearly from the movies i know they had a bunch of movie tying games but uh just a nice plot near that time period and establishing some familiarity there uh would be kind of cool because these are characters i grew up with and it would be nice seeing them in some context and i think that'd be uh kind of awesome to see for them to do that uh next up is uh like i said I, I i would like if something comes after you in this game maybe like a foe that comes after you or something you know some death eaters or something like that uh that'd be cool uh to see that in action and more sort of openings and forbidden areas uh making the dungeons a little bit more expansive as opposed to like you know just being in these caves like they tell you these mythological stories of places you shouldn't be in. And I think that's worth exploring in like future games where it's like, hey, you know, you go in here and some different stuff is going to go down. It might not just be zombies. It might be something else, you know, uh, and it could lead to like some interesting things like sub bosses, dynamics like that, uh, fighting more mythical beasts. And I, I think that'd be pretty cool. And also, um, I guess obviously just more spells more cool things to learn in the midst of combat because they do have a combat system they could build off on so i would like to see some additions to that maybe adding in you know the fact that potions could be a little bit more tactical uh just overall ramping things up to number 11 for the sequel and that's how i feel about that so i'm gonna let cryo go next Okay, um, honestly, like I pretty much like what I had said a while ago, um, I would love to see the classes more fledged out, um, like Shug said, you know, uh, some mini-games, um, like what we already have here, just a little bit more than just, uh, uh, cutscenes, uh, the... The combos more fledged out. Mm. Even more variety with the spells. Um, there's also also something else I would love to see. Um, oh, more enemy more enemy types. I, me personally, because they are a. There are. They are very horrific to go against. I would love for an enemy type of a Dementor in the next Harry, well, not Harry Potter, in the next Wizarding World game. I want to see a Dementor. 
because the fact that it can siphon off of your life um that's very horrific and um well i won't say too much because it's more so a theory a fan a game theory if you will <laughs> um less mounts as well and i mean honestly a little bit more location maybe get rid of the lower half of the map let us go to uh Diagon Alley. You know? Like, I don't know. I just want to see more evolving that, truth be told. But other than that, I can't really think I can't really think too much on what else should be uh improved. Uh I mean I guess also like People have been mentioning the frogs being um, very tanky. Maybe less of that in the sequel. But yeah, other than that, I can't really think of anything. Oh yeah, uh, Quidditch. Something to play in the um, the meantime. The devs could have us play Quidditch while we're waiting for the next part of the main story to pop up. Like, uh, for example, what Insomniac did with Marvel Spider-Man where you had to you had to do like a side mission or two or pick up like collectibles whatever crime do uh, finish being the shit out of you know bad guys doing little petty crimes and everything like that and then the main story would continue after that do that but just make us do quidditch somebody kill time so yeah, that's all, all I got for that. All right, Max, it's your turn. Uh, I feel bad because I'm I'm the endlessly ranty one. Um, I'm a little hesitant on. Okay, so we we have some questions coming up for like specifically. Hope I can hear myself. I don't know if I'm echoing for you guys. Um, we we're gonna like discuss like the story mode specifically in a bit. So solely talking on like a mechanical aspect. My big thing is simply less... Okay, I'm going to say something simultaneously, like, kind of contradictory. Less clutter, more variety. A lot of the spells are simply cluttered. A lot of the enemies, a lot of the collectibles, a lot of everything is repetition in a big area with the need to fill it. And I wish instead that you would get access to a handful of spells, but you could twist and use them in very particular ways. To use a D&D analogy, I kind of want to be more of a sorcerer where you know one spell and you use it creatively as opposed to, well, I have eight spells that all do the same thing. Um, to echo what, other, what others have said, yes, more class variety, make you actually feel like a student, make it so you actually like do things in class and it matters. Uh, when we talk about story, like choices and whether or not you can be a dick or not. Um, by the same token, it was also brought up the set pieces of like, should we be closer or farther from like the original books and movies? In my opinion, when it comes to like video games or stuff that are like based in the world of Lord of the Rings or whatever, right? There's this, I don't want to use the word incessant, but like there is a particular need to always relate yourself to whatever the core thing that you came there for is about. Like um, with Lord of the Rings, well, we have to have something that either references or involves Gollum or Sauron or the ring or Aragorn or blah, 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 blah. Oh, I don't care about that. 
I just want to play in the world more. I don't care about fucking Harry Potter's parents or like, oh, look, there's Voldemort as a kid. Ha ha, hoo hoo, I wonder what he's going to do. No, I just want to play in the world more. So honestly, being like one, two, three hundred years before the movies or one, two, three hundred years after the movies, like make it so you're not really related to anyone there except for like vague references for those who truly know the lore. That would be preferable to me as opposed to um, like being like, oh, look, I'm best friends with Harry Potter. Burr, burr, burr. Oh, I made my custom OC with Sonic the Hedgehog. Burr, burr. Like that kind of stuff drives me nuts. Um, it was also brought up with uh, Quidditch, obviously. I'm still, I feel weird about how they handled Quidditch. I think it should be a thing in the game. But they didn't just simply sidestep it and say like, oh, sorry, Quidditch cancels, don't worry about it, and never bring it up. No, they brought it up a lot, all the time. It gave me the impression that like the developers were, if anything, like bitter at some director or investor who said, we don't got time to implement Quidditch. So they just kept bringing it up to rub it in their face. I I was confused by that. But yes, for uh, overall criticisms with the game, if you're going to have puzzles and collectibles everywhere, make them more varied. Make it so you actually have to use your brain. Make it so you're rewarded for fully exploring the world. Stop repeating them. Same with the enemies. Same with the spells. Same with the environment. Just about everything. It's weird to say, but less clutter and more variety is honestly, I think, the best way to go for the future of this of this kind of game series, I should say, rather, if we're hoping for a sequel. All right. I need my OC to be stronger than Harry Potter. I'm sorry. I need that. I want to be best friends with Sonic the Hedgehog. We um, have tacos every Tuesday. Brr. I don't, fucking fanfic over there. I don't care. I need that to happen. Get that out of here. All right. It feels like we are stronger than Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I need. I need that shit. <laughs> Literally, we, we kicked the shit out of criminals. I need to beat the police. Yeah, yeah we're, we're actively going out there to stop people. Like, Harry's being passive. You learn magic for 10 minutes and you're taking on Death Eaters. Like, what the fuck? Shit's easy. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I need my strengths to rival his and Voldemort's too. I need, I need that to happen. Hey, Voldemort's a bitch compared to me. Let's go. Yes. I want, I'm stronger yes. than Goku, my OC. Yes, yes. Um, Fuck all that. Yes. Years, so, <laughs> so uh, next up, uh, Brandon, we, we have we have you as the last one. What was this? A criticism about the overall game? Yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of touched about this, though, but I want to touch on the combat again. This game, the best way I could compare it is, like, it's the Arkham Asylum of the Harry Potter games. It's like a proof of concept in a way, and it's really good, but it has a lot of jankiness that needs to be fixed. For one, enemy hit detection. Because if I dodge out the way, the fucker can literally just slide towards me and he still hit me. So I have to rely heavily on the um, the advanced role, but even still, I still have people, you know, it's hit me, straight up. Also, um, we need a better um, detection on where enemies are coming from because like the the radical right ahead is fine but it, it is it kind of bleeds into the environment sometimes because i am not i am i'm not necessarily paying attention to them or my character i'm only looking at the enemies because there's so many in front of me they only have an enemy behind me attack me and i couldn't see that coming or i couldn't react fast enough so i think this needs to be a little bit more fair balance of off screening especially with those crossbow guys because those guys are annoying to deal with off screen uh next thing is like they gotta improve the flying controls for um the broomstick for example because i did not have fun doing the races or any of those challenges um for those 
because of how loose it is. Like Grunts, though, if you got a good pattern or flow, you could go through it relatively easily. But no, it's also so easy to derail. Because I hit a, I hit the ring slightly, and my character just went far left <laughs> outside the mission area. And I failed because of that. Uh, so yeah, I don't want none of that to happen again. And um, to touch on what Max said, though, I agree. Like, they need to reduce the amount of collectibles and have more more variety of them versus just having some like Ubisoft game in a way, just throw shit in the wild and make you go collect it, and you don't get a lot of reward for it too. But not only that, though, they should give us a higher level cap and have you no know, a better XP game because for you to get um to level forty is a serious grind because you get so low XP from doing anything that you literally need to do all collectibles or most of them and tend them up doing missions to get your maximum um, level cap. Now, granted, though, if you're going for 100%, though, it doesn't matter, right? You're going to do it, right? But, so, like, I would like to have my character max out without the need to do other side unnecessary mundane stuff. Right? And then, to go back on collectibles, though, they need to do more where their collectibles are more important. For example, the Ancient Magic um pits, I love doing those because it actually increases your um, amount of um, pull you can have, right? But I can't say the same for other collectibles. Like, what is this stuff going to do for me? Nothing. But the field guys, as far as I'm concerned, you get nothing for it. But the next week. So they got to give us a better reward and incentive to do a lot of collectibles aside from, like, you know, arbitrary stuff like XP game. Uh, I think that's everything I could um, point out for as far as um, criticisms that we didn't cover. All right, this is the big story element. So, uh, as I recommend, it's going to be spoilers on this section. So, people who are wanting to mute or deafen, uh, we're probably going to do it in this section. Uh, this is thoughts on the story presentation and everything that's cycled around that so far. So, I'm going to start with Suge. What do you think about that in particular? Um. Hmm. I don't know. I th- I, I, like it was kind of weird, in all honesty, especially how they just randomly were like, "Oh, you are part of this like ancient uh, group of wizards or whatever." But uh, I think with how they played it off, it was kind of okay. Like it's not really entirely forced on you, kind of deal. It's just like some shit that happens, so you end up having to, you know, just do it. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of how they introduced the game, I think just with the way just with the way they introduced the game, very intense, you know, you're in this carriage and I don't know where a fucking dragon comes in. So, you know, like, I, I, I liked how they did that, that literally just like, you know, woke me the hell up kind of deal with that first uh, introduction of the game. Um, and another favorite part of mine that I really enjoyed, which I also found kind of random. I don't remember how exactly it played off in the story, because in all honesty, it's been a while since I last played it. But it was whenever they did the, uh, whenever you just had to randomly pick up the Deathly Hollows, or you had like a, um, I guess it was like a random acid trip or some shit. I don't remember exactly. Um, it was one of the trials. Yeah, that's right. It was one of the one. trials. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. And 
I think overall, out of all the trials, it was probably my favorite, just because of how it was, and then the fact that you get to use the Elder Wand. So, um, I was a big fan of that. Uh, I think all the trials should have been somewhat like that, but uh, but the, I guess they were all different. Again, I don't really remember them all. Um, but um, but yeah, I think I think just overall the trials were pretty fun. I like doing them. And especially having to fight those knights beforehand were also pretty interesting uh, with having to, you know, you have this nerve-wracking fight and then you just, like, go into a pensive and they're like, oh, there you go, you're done. Uh, so, yeah, I think the... With how they did the ancient magic stuff with those uh, older wizards, pretty good, I like that, but... um, um, Yeah, I think that definitely how it was probably, again better parts of the whole story you had death on your ass the whole time and you had to avoid all this stuff so yeah um it was interesting i don't know it was like interesting the story was and again i have not played the game since i beat it back in like what was february whenever the hell it came out so i my memory is just completely empty in terms of the story stuff and uh Another one, the Sebastian storyline. That was also a pretty nice one. So, uh, yeah, I like the storyline too. Not how it ended, but I like the storyline doing it. It's kind of annoying in terms of how his character developed. So, you know, it was interesting. I just like probably don't have too much detail as the other guys though. So I'll just move it on. All right, so I'm gonna skip right to cryo because I'm still delving deep into this experience. But I will say that like everything I'm playing so far with the plot and 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 like I said, side missions, uh, seeing Sebastian just talk about stuff, uh, you know, being in the ancient chambers and stuff like that. I do like where it's going so far, but I still need a lot more time to delve in and develop. So I'm gonna pass it over to cryo what do you think about the plot and story presentation so far um honestly from from you know uh from what i had played of it and you know beat it i genuinely like loved it i loved i loved the flat uh about to say the flack um, I loved the fact that they, like what Shook said, they instantly threw you into the game. Just instantly was wasting no time. And then that's when, that's when, you know, uh, it's like they did the reverse. Where, um... Like, normally games like that, they slowly, like, build up to it. They don't throw you instantly into it. And then, like, pretty much, like, a, I don't know, like, 20, 30 minutes later, they throw you into the action. This game seemed to do the, like, the opposite of that. They just threw you in, and then they slowly let it build up through the story, and then they threw you into more action. Uh, which I really do appreciate. I like the enrichment through the story that uh, some of the elements are things that we, uh, that the people of the 
Wizarding World lore would know about, like um, the um, uh, the Thestrals, the fact that you can only see them when you have witnessed death, the fact that our character had witnessed um, that guy getting turned into a chew toy for, you know, the dragon, we instantly, well, not instantly, but slowly see the Thestrals. I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, there were quite a few parts of the story that felt sort of out of place, but it was like a slow burn. Uh, I did like Sebastian's uh, storyline. Um, it's very uh, heartbreaking because it's like some moments you just can't, without diving into spoilers, because I'm not going to be spoiling anything here. Um, but I appreciate the fact that they made you feel for the guy. Um... Poppy, she she's an amazing character. I think she is the perfect representation of the Harry Potter fans and the Wizarding World fans that's playing this game, like me. Um, just carefree, just eager for, you know, um, adventure to an extent where it doesn't involve, you know, potentially costing her life. Um... I I loved it, uh, especially some of the uh, professors. You, uh, some of the professors didn't feel cardboard, um, especially the headmaster. Like, oh, holy shit. He's definitely part of the Black family for sure, because um, he's a real asshole. And if you know anything about, like, the lore regarding the Black family, um... The bl the black family is just a bunch of assholes, uh, except for Sirius, and that's why they actually kicked him out of the family. In fact, they burned his portrait off of their uh, family tree, um, and I don't know. I just I just loved it. The characters are very likable, including the side content, like the side stories. Like um, <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it. Because I, this is like relatively mid game, but it involves spiders and someone doing something that they're not they're not supposed to. Uh, I thought it was really neat, but um, yeah. Other than that, uh, besides the ending that I felt was lackluster, I had. No problems with it. I mean, they could have gone more in depth with, like, the ancient magic and, like, who exactly gets, you know, ancient magic. Uh, or how does one know ancient magic? They kind of, like, skirted past that one. But given the fact that the game was a massive uh, success, the sequel may dive more deeper into the ancient magic aspect and why our character knows ancient magic.
So that's where I'm going to leave that and uh, pass it off to uh, the next poison. And that would be Max. So I'm going to be honest, I, I'm not going to particularly hold back about spoilers, so fair warning there. But um, so for me, the base story and the idea of what was going on, it, it was fine. Honestly, it was fine. Sure, maybe it suffered a little bit from, you know, we joked about it just a little bit before. But ah, uh, yes, 15 year old child from Scotland that randomly showed up and happens to know ancient magic stronger than the teachers. Go take on the Death Eaters like fuck it. Hell. And um, it suffered from that a bit. But honestly, like the base story and the idea of the trials and everything, it was fine. It was fun. Uh, in terms of the trials, like literally it's like, oh, go fight knights, go fight knights, go do an amazing hand drawn ass thing involving the Deathly Hallows where you use entirely unique mechanics and you just have an amazing time with beautiful artwork. Let's go abuse some kind of fucking animal and play Monster Hunter. I don't know. Like definitely they weren't all made equal in that sense but they were fine. Uh, I think the game really more shines, as was mentioned before, with its characters and its side quests, even though it was kind of weird that there was a whole bunch of quests that were literally like, you and Natty just murdered 14 people. Go have a chat with her. Oh, you have emotional trauma. Well, quest complete. All right, good job. I guess you can leave now. So um, that was kind of weird. Something I didn't bring up before, though, and this was really apparent with uh, all the different side quests. So um, as you guys probably know, every character in a video game has like a default, uh, I guess you can call it like a T-pose mode, right? Where like if there was a theoretical, you know, if you have like an X and Y and Z chart, there's a theoretical zero that all things can return to. And facial expressions are the same way. Every character had resting bitch face because at the end of just about every cutscene or conversation when they'd be like, hey, thanks so much for helping me. I really appreciate it. They would reset to that zero to that default like facial thing. So everyone had resting bitch face. I thought it was hilarious, but also kind of took me a bit out of the experience. But in terms of like the actual story itself, I would say my biggest criticism on it, because overall it's fine, it's fine. It nails that childhood joy that like the, especially like the first few Harry Potter movies. Uh, I think if I had to like look at them and say, this is gonna sound weird, where the magic stopped, it was probably after the uh, uh, Hogwarts Cup. I forget exactly what it's called, the Goblet of Fire. Because then it became less about ha ha hoo hoo having fun as kids and more about like death and serious and you know, shit's really going down in a major capacity. This game or this game nailed that aspect of it, but it didn't really do the best job of explaining the whys or the hows or what was even the moral of the story, honestly. You know, as an example, once again, I'm going into spoilers because I don't give a fuck. Um, in one of the visions you see with the main evil girl who discovers how to use people's emotions and misery and stuff to fuel magic. OK, what an interesting concept, even though it kind of leaves them as a husk. We never really go into the morality of, of it other than know what's bad, you better not. And they kind of go into the morality of like, oh, like the forbidden curses are bad. Except one of the keepers aced the final villain in one of the cutscenes with no moral ramifications and no one really cared. And to kind of go along the same thing with Sebastian, right? A big theme of the story, uh, a big theme of my criticism is nothing's really explained, nothing's really punished, and there's no real choice. It's would you like to say yes or would you like to say yes sarcastically? And even then you could be so much more sassy. 
but you aren't. You're not really ever given a chance to be a dick. A lot of like the uh, promotional materials and everything were like, will you be good or will you be pure fucking evil? Will you? There was all sorts of memes about like, you'll be a capitalistic torture hellscape, whatever. I wanted to do that. I thought it would be fun. I wanted to be like a necromantic asshole. And the game never really gives you an opportunity to. Sebastian is the only real person who actually teaches you curses, and you should send his ass straight to Azkaban. And even then, like, if you send his ass there, he disappears and you never see him again. If you don't send his ass there, he hangs out in your mom's basement for the rest of the game, and he mopes about having to kill someone, boo-hoo, after you kill how many poachers and goblins? Like, who gives a shit, really? And it doesn't really matter you're always forced to be a nice person. You're always forced to, like, do, generally speaking, the right thing. The only way to abstain from such is to not do the, uh, not do the side quests. And most of the time, you kind of have to for sake of the rest of the quest. It kind of felt like a busy, like, with them giving you different things to do before each trial, it kind of felt like you were a busybody. So, that's why I'm kind of, like, heartbroken on it. Because on one side, it feels like you're like it feels like it's fine it's respectable whatever it's basic it's simple max you're an adult you have to remember some things are made for children not everything has to like radically change your mind or whatever fine cool but it also felt like you were never really in control you were just kind of going along the ride and the emotions and nothing you really did changed anything which was a bit of a bummer not gonna lie All right, so uh, now the spoiler segment is done and everyone's spoiled. Uh, we can finally move on to question number seven, which is what do you think of the skill trees and leveling up system within Hogwarts Legacy? And Shug, you'll be the first to go. Oh, yeah. Is it safe now? Yes, it's safe. We're on question number seven, and I'm starting with... Batman uh, God, it's safe. The Batman's gone. Put the boogeyman in the attic where he no. belongs. Uh, <laughs> keep him up there with, with the dead children. Oh, that was morbid. I don't wanna... Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Vader is, Lu- Vader is Luke's father. Vader is Luke's father. <laughs> Uh, no, children. If, if I can um, help it, though, I don't want to spoil that for people. Because, like, that's the best reaction you can have in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, uh, like, you got this asshole over here. this asshole over here that said, um, you know, Dumbledore got killed by Snape, so there you oh, go. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. That's the, uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> I should have said I'm done. I quit. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, fuck <laughs> out of here. Yeah, yeah, you really shouldn't have said that one right there. <laughs> I totally didn't watch him like a month ago. Oh, man. Uh, so we're on seven? So, yeah, we're on seven. Um, the skill tree and leveling up, what do you think about that? I wish there wasn't a limit to how many levels you could go to. I think, uh, no, I'll say this. We're better off not having level system, just skills. Like how, uh, like I like I just got done playing with it. Uh, Jedi, uh, Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor do it, where you just fight, unlock skill points, and just put them up to your grades and, you know, make a better character kind of deal. So I think the levels shouldn't have really been a thing. Mainly because it limits how many skill points you get to use. And, like, once you reach 40, you're kind of screwed because I don't think you get more than that either. Uh, and then, uh, what was that? The skill trees. Skill trees are. They were kind of weird the way that you asked you, uh, you unlock them because you had to go through, the, through most of the story 
to unlock the skill tree based kind of thing, or at least with more of like, I think, what is it? I forget how, how I went, but you know, like you get to a certain point in the game and they're like, oh, here you go, here are your skills and all that stuff in the game. Um, I'm saying at least for me mostly because I spent like a good like 30 hours in the game and then I decided to actually do the story kind of deal. But um, yeah, I think I think overall a level system should have not been needed. I think just having the skill trees and just unlocking your own skills or skill points and just, you know, putting them up in a tree or whatever, just make it like maybe a bigger skill tree and just, you know, just keep leveling up and not actually like, an, or collecting the skills, skill points. Um, I think that would probably be my only complaint, mainly because I reached 40 and then like my OCD triggered and I was like, I can't really fill most of these in. I would have to reset. And even if I do reset, I'm still kind of screwed here. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's probably my only gripe with it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. I'm not, not a big fan of, like, levels, honestly. I think there really shouldn't be a real thing in games these days, I think. Because just giving it a, a, uh, a skill tree and just earning points, it should be fine. Not really just leveling up kind of deal. That's about it. All right. Um, Where do I begin with this? One thing I, I don't really like about this whole process is just kind of some of the way they do it, where it's like, oh, it's, it, you got to go through this. And that. it's like every traditional game with uh, a skill tree like this, where you got to get through uh, certain levels, you got to wait until you get through like certain magical spells. And I, I get it, you get stronger as things progress and it goes on. And that's the incentive of any sort of RPG based mechanic. But um there are some games where this doesn't work for everybody and i kind of just felt it was there it, it didn't really wow me or anything it wasn't anything uh that blew me away it was just hey i might get two additional hits in or I might just stun the fuck out of someone with the curse spell um so you're gonna be grinding a little bit in order to get all this xp up and and, and to get um some of these spells and you're just gonna be doing that i, I just kind of wish it was a little bit more simplified in a way where it's like oh you get a certain thing you could just unlock the tree as time goes on make it feel a little bit more organic uh but i do like some of the abilities that you get like i said some of the cursing spells where it hits multiple people i mean that's pretty good in combat i'm not gonna say it's not beneficial to uh what's going on in the game I will say, though, that it's just some feel obviously more useful than others with the way it's coordinated. So uh, there's a bunch of stealth spells and stuff like that. Or if you're a potion junkie, uh, they have spells for people like that. So they do give you a wide variety of options to use. And obviously you're going to want to, for the completion of this at least, so you're going to want to max out and get everything in the game and just sort of be done with it. But I, yeah, there, there, there's just some that felt very redundant to me and others that didn't. And I, I guess it's just tied to the whole sort of potion system. All I cared about was like just getting plants to sort of aid me and also not only just doing that, but uh, having uh, the potions where you're healed and it just heals you up throughout time, Wiganfield. 
and that's about it i didn't really use anything else um i don't know if i just have a one track brain there but i just kept with what i know so far and uh, that is still kind of good that the game does give you those sort of choices to cycle through and see what potions and plants you're building up and what you want so uh overall like i said it is by the numbers it's not the worst thing in the world but again it could have been a little bit more better in my opinion at least so cryo it is your turn how do you feel about the sort of leveling up system skill trees and rpg mechanics within hogwarts um honestly i didn't mind i didn't mind the leveling up too much because as i um as i mentioned before the podcast uh i went for the plat so i i just got everything in my first playthrough um the thing i had an issue with the most was the skill tree because most of them most of them were kind of Mm, they're, most of them were pretty useless with, uh, for a good amount of players. Uh, some of them just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, if anything, if they do bring back the skill tree, they should do they should do what uh, Forbidden West did with the skill trees. But not not have it set to where you have to pick, you know, what part of the skill tree to be, you know, um, active. Or not really active, but like the ability or anything like that. But just give it more, more variety, more choices that actually uh, matter to like pick up. Like, um, yeah, uh, like enemies. I don't know, that could be like an upgrade to make enemies drop, you know, better loot, for example, like that as a common basic one, you know, things like that. But I understand why they just kept it like this. They just kept it more spell based than exploration wise, kind of like um, skill, skill tree. I wanted to, I want them to keep that energy. Keep it keep it like a like spells like spell based skill uh skill points, not exploration cuz we've we've all seen a lot of the exploration shit regarding skill uh skill tree points. It's kind of that part's really overdone. We've never at least I haven't played a game where it's strictly just like attack based uh points in like a long time. So if anything, keep it like that, but expand on it further. Give us more choices, give us more than one way to get those skill points as well. Um But obviously don't give a I don't want to be immediately broken either. I don't want to be I don't want to be broken. I don't want to be overpowered because then the game just gets boring for me. If I can just immediately make myself broken. 
um, do it gradually, like giving us uh, skill points through, I don't know, leveling up, doing, uh, like, it could be certain side missions give you skill points. Don't let it be, like, almost every skill points. Uh, not every skill point. Don't let us do get skill points every mission, whether it's main mission-wise, side mission-wise. Break it down somewhat evenly, that way, and fair, that way you're not immediately broken. That's kind of pointless. It's like, it's like at that point, you might as well just let the devs play the game for you. But... That's that's just me. Um, other than that, I really have no complaints about the uh, leveling. I'm glad also to... This is no spoiler, by the way. Um, I think you have to be like level 30 or level 32 to get the uh, last like mission. So... Uh, which is just something regarding Hogwarts. It's not like the last like main main mission. It's like a side main mission, if that makes any sense. Kind of like a um, like a like a scene before the credits kind of deal. But like I said, other than that, I really had no complaints um, about about that whatsoever. All right, Max, it is your turn. Uh, so for me, uh, my biggest complaint with the actual skill tree itself, itself is uh, something I actually have issue with, like, a good amount of video games do this, where you can learn that you're going to get certain abilities or learn certain things or gain access to do certain things before you ever have anything close to, like, the ability to do so. So, like, the moment you could look at your skill tree, even if you couldn't, like, unlock anything, you learned, oh, I'm gonna get cabbages, mandrakes, the poison things, I'm gonna get these potions, someday I'm gonna learn about a cadavra, someday I'm gonna learn da da da, someday I'm gonna... You can kind of see things in the future, and I wish that they were, like, hidden, especially because this wasn't a traditional tree, it was just hit a level cap, and then you could just select whatever. That, like... It should have been hidden until you learn the spell. And yes, I understand, like, but what if I want to save my skill points for the future? I don't care. It sucks when you learn right from the beginning that, like, oh, I'm going to get Bombarda. Well, why bother getting the uh, normal little piddly fire spell when I could get Bombarda in the future? Um, and yes, like we talked about this earlier, you do get spell-specific upgrades that make them much more useful, especially in certain situations. That's good. That's wonderful. I like that. It breathes new life into previous spells. You know, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Except the spells that you get later on that replace them are also better. So it still feeds into the issue I had of, like, every spell invalidates the other. So what do you do instead? You work on stealth because it's OP. You work on, uh... Like, you work on everything that affects, like, your basic attacks, because you know you'll always have them. So it kind of... It kind of added to my feeling of this game is invalidating itself with its own spells. Why bother with the weaker ones when you could just upgrade the more powerful ones or upgrade yourself on a base level? And, um... I, like, I appreciate what they were trying to do. 
you know, it's the it's the age old thing of we want to give the players choice that they can focus on anything. As was mentioned before, do you want to be a potion junkie? You want to be a plant junkie? You want to focus on attack, on control, or whatever? But you can do everything at once with zero consequence. So really, it didn't matter, honestly. Honest, like it was fine, and I like how they make spells act differently. I think that's a good thing but it wasn't as impactful as I think it would be. That being said, uh, I mentioned it a little bit. Stealth is 100% OP. All, like, not all skills are created equal. The ones that help your stealth and the ones that make it so you heal instantly are the absolute best hands down whatsoever. But the funniest one to me was still the, uh, the plant ones, specifically the cabbages. They bring those up as an afterthought. That, hey, just so you know, you can grow this man-eating cabbage, and it is the funniest shit watching these little Pac-Man fuckers destroy the final boss. Or, like, whenever you get into a fight with a whole bunch of poachers, just the, the upgrade you basically get, if I recall correctly. Normally, you throw one, and it lasts a certain amount of time. The upgrade is you throw two for one. And they swarm people and annihilate everyone, and they break through shields. It is low-key overpowered. All the plants are. It's just the cabbages are the funniest, honestly. And you could hold, like, five or ten of them. I forget the exact number. But before you know it, there are, like, dozens of them everywhere. It is the hands-down funniest upgrade. Cabbages are OP. For those of you who have not used them, please do so. It's a riot. But, um, yeah, honestly, it the the tree itself was serviceable it's more just the weird um it telling you the future just like right when you boot up the game you learn at some point you're gonna get a hippogriff because you could see the zero out of three and like the little silhouette thing but um it has that problem and because of the weird nature of how the game treats levels it makes that part of it feel a little weird as as well not to mention what's locked to story quests so i do wish in the future that they kind of clean that up a little bit more or just make a traditional tree so you have to upgrade those lower spells before you get the bigger ones something along those lines all right brandon it is your turn uh what do you think of the skill trees and leveling up system uh, i'm generally fine with it honestly my only complaint is that i do agree that um that the leveling should honestly only be tied to your skill point or talent stuff not like say combat I did, I don't like the idea that um certain missions actually I was like under leveled by a couple of levels and I granted I still able to get the mission done though. But I think it's kind of ridiculous that um you could go into a story mission that says you're at the right level or you're above it to only fight enemies that are well above your pay grade. So uh, that's a little that's something that you gotta just get rid of altogether. But yes, um I, I'm generally fine with it. No, I do somewhat agree with Max saying like, no, the fact that you can see what spells you can get in the future is kind of ridiculous. But now I think about it, they probably did that on purpose, just um so that would people say like, okay, so these are the cool spells you can get, just working towards getting them because you don't know how you're going to get them until you get them, unless you read the tip tool which will tell you like, yeah, complete this mission, you get a spell. But aside from that though, you generally speaking wouldn't know how you're going to get spells anyway. So I guess that's uh, a um plus. Overall, though, I don't have much of an issue with the skill tree or any tree in this game because it does its job. You know, you pick what you want. Now, I do hate that you get a fine limit of talent points, though, but in the end, though, it, it ain't going to hurt you. It's like the least offensive thing in the game. Yep. All right, so we're moving on to easy question. Question number eight. What school do you choose, and do you have any specific reasons for going that route? Um, I'm going to start hey, off with... Huh? 
Can I go first on this one to break the rule? Because I'll, I'll kind of make mine a little quick. Sure. Uh, so I chose Slytherin first, but not because I wanted it. It's because of my um the little quiz thing that uh, I did on the website. So uh, they made me a Slytherin for some reason. But um, ultimately, uh, there's no specific reason why I chose the house. But because of me playing whatever house first, it makes me want to use the other houses again later when I go for my platinum run because I'm yet to play the other houses anyway. That's a completion, just enough. But um, I want to do the other houses because I want to see the dialogue changes between um, uh, what characters that are not in your house versus that are in your house. Like for for example, Sebastian, since you're a Slytherin, you get unique Slytherin dialogue. <laughs> like you, one mission you actually shit on the Gryffindors, which is funny. And then there's another one where um, the racing chick, um, she has like a, this rivalry between you and her because you, both of you are Slytherins. And she doesn't like the fact that another Slytherin is beating her out. So I want to see how that dialogue changes between, you know, let's say a, a Gryffindor and Slytherin, or since it's two like main rivals, or a Ravenclaw and, and a um, Slytherin, how the those dialogues were treat each other. Uh, but. Also, side note too, uh, before I end my turn, if you actually play as a female, certain characters will actually change their behavior around you. Sebastian becomes a bit more flirty with you, which is funny. But uh, yeah, that's all I had to say on that right now, so I'm passing it on to whoever wants to go. Alright. You can flirt with me. So, I, since Suge was supposed to be first, I'm going to pass it to him and then just go down. So, Suge, uh... What was your school that you chose for your character first, and why? I didn't choose that it chose me. Um, <laughs> I have no particular reason. I've I pretty much, you know, I've always, uh, as as a big fan of the uh, the Harry Potter universe, I've always taken these random-ass tests that, you know, those BuzzFeed shitty ones and some other shit from, like, 10 years ago or whatever. I always get Slytherin, so I was like... Fuck it, I'll, I'm either a Slytherin or I'm not kind of deal. So I was like, I took the, the little quiz for the game. I got a Slytherin. I didn't really connect it to my uh, 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 whatever Wizarding World or whatever account. And I play the game. I get to Hogwarts and I do the, <coughs> excuse me, I do the, uh, the whole sorting hat deal. And I got Slytherin, so I'm Slytherin. That's really not really any like particular specific uh uh like option or anything not really caring for like dialogue and all that kind of shit because i was just there to play the game not really complete it which i i did and i did a whole completionist but i just didn't want to do like any three other uh <laughs> three other runs just to get one sp specific achievement so yeah that's pretty much it uh Honestly, I did do the Wizarding World site test, so to speak, and they gave me Gryffindor. And you know, one of my closest friends said, "Oh, you 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 fit Gryffindor or whatever." I was like, "No, fuck that! I want to be Slytherin. I want to be a dick." And uh, that is the one that I picked for the game, uh, which you know, it's I, I'm fine with this choice. It's, it's the choice that I wanted. So it's kind of funny in a sense i don't know maybe she's right that because i got the little otter thing or whatever on the website i got everything and she said you'd be better as gryffindor but i just picked slytherin just because um maybe on my second run i'll go back and do a gryffindor run once i finally finish up with slytherin see how um 
the dialogue changes, how that class goes, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to be relatively some of the same mission structure, but I want to see uh, what changes are made, maybe change my character from male to female and then see if the dialogue still is, you know, the same, any different, blah, 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 but I'm pretty sure it's different uh, and see where that goes. I just am interested to see everything that's different in my next run. So Cryo, I will pass the baton to you. Um, okay, so now, funny enough, I mean, I mean, even though, like, two, uh, two close friends of mine told me that I'm more Hufflepuff than anything, um, inside, I believe that I'm a Gryffindor, so I, uh, I just decided to just, you know, be Gryffindor. Um, mainly because I, I truly do believe that I fit the, um, well, there's really no criteria necessarily in the lore to be, you know, uh, a specific house. Um, even the sorting hat, you know, makes mention of that. Um, because it, it's the same. It's the same thing that happened in you know the books and the movies with you know uh, Harry, which the sorting hat is mocking. Uh, during that that one of my favorite scenes, uh, basically saying that he has all the traits of someone being a Slytherin, however in his heart he acts of he acts like someone of you know Gryffindor. So that's sort of me. And in my heart I know I fit more so with Gryffindor than anything. And I did like um some of the uh some of the lines of dialogue that you speak uh, speak as as you know Gryffindor, um, including something else, which I will not spoil for um, for the people that still playing the game. Uh, I will. The only thing I will say is that there is some variety uh, and in lines and actions depending on what house you're in. But for the mo for the most part, I just chose Gryffindor because I truly believe I'm Gryffindor. What about you, Max? I feel bad for making fun of Gryffindor now, but I will still make fun of them. It is literally in their like creed to be a bunch of fucking jocks, and I am biased against them. Harry's dad was an asshole, but um. So for me, uh, I always consider myself to be Ravenclaw. However, as I've grown over older, I re kind of realize Slytherin's the shit. So I'm kind of like always both back and forth. And uh, my chat convinced me to be Slytherin because you know what? They always get crapped on. They always get like, they're always the jerks and the racists and the assholes. Like, let's try to be a good example of a good example of one to show that they're cunning and clever and da da da. Yeah, I chose Slytherin because it was funny and that was about it. And funny thing, I'm a little disappointed that the um 
because okay you guys mentioned like the online quizzes about like what house would you be in a bunch of those too growing up because you know i read the books i watched the movies and before this i you know did the quizzes as well in game there are literally two questions and they are the most heavy-handed things ever one of them i swear was like would you like to eat cupcakes run around in a field and hit things with a stick read a book or gain ultimate power I was like, well, I'm going to a wizard school to shoot fireballs. I'd like to gain power. Well, clearly you're an asshole racist, so you must be Slytherin. I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I, j I, j I just like the color green. So, yeah, I, I, I chose Slytherin. I wish it was more in-depth. I wish they actually did things to do with the house cup. But, um, yeah, I, I like to pretend that I'm Ravenclaw, but I'm, I delve into Slytherin. I all right, Brandon. Uh, oh, you already went early. I'm my bad. So I was just looking at. Uh, no, I didn't win at all. It's fine. I didn't win. Oh, <laughs> As a sidebar, I love that most of us chose Slytherin because what, like my friends that played it too, all of them were like, "Yeah, Slytherin. I, I, I want to be that asshole." Man, I, I saw. Right, like Slytherin. Most of them in the game aren't necessarily bad people, but their ancestors are complete assholes. Yes. Yeah, like everyone in the movie, it's like, do you meet anyone positive that is Slytherin besides like Snape and they kind of reference Merlin? Uh, I was an asshole to that one Weasley bitch. <laughs> Why did he meet Professor Weasley? I'm a fuck. Oh, you talking about the? Oh, you talking no, about the? Not um, the professor. Uh, I like the professor. No, I like the who, who was the shit. child that wanted to play marbles? Who was like the most annoying little twat? And you're just kind of like, no one wants to play with me. I'm looking at her like, I wonder why. I wonder why. Yeah, because he was nice around. to her. The marbles and stuff. I was, I was nice to her and Poppy. I oh oh god, Poppy, Natty, like so many of those side characters are just sweethearts. But that kid, like, I kind of wanted to slap him to be like, maybe you're the problem. You ever told him that? Like, maybe you're the issue. What's uh, the name of the blind one? I forgot his name. Oh, uh, ominous. Yeah, ominous. Is ominous. Cool. Yeah, it, the name ominous of like, ominous. ah, so you're cheery disposition, aren't you? Yeah. Bad. I didn't like him either. Man, she yeah, was I, out here punching all these kids in the like face. Shit. He was a drama yes, queen, like boohoo. I'd use Crucio. I was like, well, fuck, what? Just commit. Uh, I mean, yeah, considering the circumstances, I don't blame him at all. You mm. use him? Well, yeah, because he he was uh, doing it like under threat of being tortured himself. But you know, I mean, yeah, we used him. Because he was a baby, a friend of the the headmaster. So I'm gonna tell on you. He's like, oh, fuck yourself. He's saying basically, snitches get stitches and fuck yeah. them kids. That's what he's saying. But you love it because shankle. Oh, you won't say that when he catches a curse on you. Stitches. In a like old school Hogwarts, they hung people by their toes. The motto of Hogwarts is "fuck them kids." Yeah, all right, all right. Oh, man. All right, all right. <laughs> That's a forbidden forest for. It's literally yeah, a punishment. Yeah, you know what? Why is it called forbidden forest when we go in there casually? Everyone goes around there. Uh, Hagrid taught them spiders. Hagrid. All right, we gonna uh, move to the last question. Where, uh, where would you overall rank this game? Is it worthy of a recommendation in your eyes? And Suge, I'll let you go on this one. Um, in my eyes, it was a beautiful game. In everybody else's eyes, it was probably like not the greatest thing ever, but it was still good kind of deal. Um, uh, I know, I know, uh, these days, these people that see that look at just the numbers and see how IGN or whoever all these people are like, oh, I give it a five. Well, that's a horrible game. 
I'm not gonna give it a five. I'm not gonna give it a seven, but I'm gonna give it like a, a good, you know, six, six and a half, six point five. I I enjoyed it. It wasn't like borderline perfect, but it wasn't borderline bad either. It's just a, a good, enjoyable game. I just, I, I just, you know, I felt like it needed more. I think, especially with those like, uh, those the Merlin trials were just horrendous. I hated those. Um, so I, I like, I would recommend it, especially if you're a fan of like just Harry Potter, almost called the Star Wars, uh, of just Harry Potter in general. I think people should play this game. Just, you know, either play it for fun to play, just for just, you know, being a child. You know, it was like, that's how, I've, how I saw the game. I, I saw it through the eyes of a kid that always wanted to play, like, a Harry Potter game that lets me do all this kind of shit, and it just doesn't uh, limit me to just Hogwarts itself, like those, uh, the, the tie-in games for the movies. So, um... Yeah, like I just like play the fucking game. If you're a, if you're a Harry Potter fan, just play the game. It don't matter. Um, wait for a sale if you want. Just just play it. It's fun. It's 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 just very nostalgic, in a sense. Yeah, I I kind of echo that same sentiment. I feel like if you are a fan of Harry Potter content, uh, then this is definitely worth checking out. Uh definitely one of the more expansive harry potter games because uh while we didn't touch upon the fact that there's been various movie tie-ins uh to the harry potter mythos this by far feels like the biggest game they ever created for a world like this in particular so uh i would say if you're into that open world sort of um running around trying to be a wizard uh it embodies that fact of course um i will not say it's perfect according to uh the playthrough i'm on right now i do feel like there's some lingering problems here or there but my score is honestly is not the worst thing in the world actually i am pretty much enjoying my time uh getting the sensation of what's going on and for a first start this is definitely a game they could build on for the future it's one of those nice first start games where you go in and you're having a pretty good time uh but you are left wanting more so i would say this falls in line of a seven for me maybe seven seven point five uh because it overall is something worth playing and you know finished game you get a bunch of content uh but they could do much more with it in terms of how they structure their variety and uh what type of repetitiveness they need to isolate in the future so that's what i feel about the game personally i'm going to move it to cryo what's your ranking for this game and would you recommend it also i would recommend it highly um Honest, honestly, uh, despite all the, cause I mean, when the game came out, um, some some people had, you know, um, some technical issues. However, like, uh, one thing I will commend, you know, Avalanche for doing is they quickly, like, axed those problems. Uh, the best that they possibly could as quick as they could because they really wanted players to play this game like pretty much immediately because they knew that the players were already waiting for a while because um the game was delayed uh multiple times i mean yeah you know the switch version 
the one version that's been delayed multiple times had just recently got delayed to July. It was supposed to come out this month, but it got delayed to July. The fact that, you know, this company put their heart and soul into a game like this, um, it really spoke volumes because now nowadays with some companies, you don't really find that love or dedication anymore. Um, and uh, fortunately enough, I was one of the rare breed of people that played the game that didn't have any uh, glitches or bugs. Um, if anything, maybe I only had like two crashes, and that was at the uh, the part where you're uh, flying around, flying through hoops, trying to beat this um, the student's time. Uh, but beyond that, it performed uh, amazingly on my end. Um, the story is there for new people of the Wizarding World, um, as well as you know the uh, the people who are already familiar with the lore, which is actually what the uh, direct the creative director said during a live stream that they tried to avoid repeating things that the people that uh, know the lore already knows. Uh, while also trying to balance out the fact that there will be new players that have no idea what the Wizarding World lore is. Uh, and they did a phenomenal job with that. Uh, it just didn't feel like they were constantly repeating that information back to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, all in all, all that taken in consideration, I definitely would give it a um honestly i'm gonna i want to be bold here because i can see potential with this company i'd say eight out of ten i'm gonna be bold and i definitely would recommend this for people that are familiar with with the wizarding world and for people that have no idea what the wizarding world is all right so max it's your turn so I'm going to acknowledge I have kind of been an extreme downer this entire podcast. I've kind of ridiculed the game on multiple fronts. I imagine if you guys went back, it'd be like, well, Max, could you say one thing that's positive about this game? And to simply put it, it's because I've grown up with Harry Potter and the Wizarding World as a concept. I've watched the movies who knows how many times. And what ruined it for me was playing Dungeons and Dragons and thinking about things mechanically and realistically. I love Harry Potter. I love the morals of the story that it gives. But the moment you actually start to break things down in the whens and the whys and you see the inconsistencies, it, it's just funny. And it just kind of adds into me why I love the world that has been created as a whole. Rating this game, I, I still really don't like numbers at all because i feel like it's an art form but that's like a me personal thing i would rate hogwarts legacy as hogwarts castle itself out of 10 it's beautiful there's a lot going on there's a lot of like little intricacies of the castle all sorts of places to explore talking to people as much as like i complain about not actually doing the classes just being in that world was an absolute delight 
And um, the, t the term that we used earlier was childlike joy. It's there. It's fun. It's great to go around in. But as you go through the game, you start to realize the repetitions. The more you explore, the more you start to see them. I don't know if you guys, well, I'm sure everyone here noticed this, but for those in the audience, um, the paintings, there's only like 15 of them. Well, 15's a lot. There's a lot of wall space and a lot of paintings. And you start to realize a lot of the puzzles have the same exact um, solutions. A lot of the enemies fight the exact same way. A lot of the things are reused. A lot of it is cluttered. A lot of it is da 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 da, -da. Hogwarts Castle is an amazing place to explore. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. You get to see the characters. But then you realize a lot of it was canned. A lot of it is unnecessary space. A lot of it isn't really even needed. It's just like little cutscenes and little blips of lore. And there's no real point of exploring it once you've done it and gotten the collectibles once. Going out into the grounds then, it's still beautiful. It's wonderful. It's like Scotland or wherever Hogwarts is. I always forget. But then you realize the same thing again. It's repetitive. Why are there all these enemy camps? Why are there all these different goblins things? Why are there all these collectibles when you only need five and there's 50? It's one of those games that I would definitely recommend it. It's great to have a jaunt around Hogwarts. But that being said, do not feel that you need to do everything. Do not feel like you have to explore every inch. Just kind of do what you want. Have fun with it. Complete the story. And, you know, take your little, what you would call it, certificate. Say that you won the House Cup and then leave. I really do hope that they expand on this game. They make it so that, um... As we talked about before, I want there to be real punishments and real abilities to become a Death Eater or to become pure evil, to use the curses, which were effectively just powerful spells with long cooldowns that you got to use for free. There was no real consequence to it. I want you to be able to impact the world. I want you to be able to be more creative with the uh, spells and abilities that you have. But in its current state, as I said before, it feels cluttered and it needs more variety. The castle is fun to walk around but you quickly begin to see the repetition. I would recommend it overall, just with that little bit of warning of maybe don't feel like you have to do everything. And last but not least, we have Brendan. What is your final opinion on Hogwarts Legacy with all the hours you put in? <clears throat> I'll give this a solid 7.8 out of 10 because I had too many wizards. Sorry, I, I just cannot justify the price for this. No, it needs to be on bargain bin sale. Oh my buy. God. <laughs> All right, uh, my legit answer. I give this game a solid eight out of ten. Even with this flaws, though, this game is so freaking fun. Seriously, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you do yourself an injustice not playing this game. Like, give it a fair shot. I don't care if it's a sale or a full price. Like, it will, you will get your money's worth. Any day, though, um, your mileage will vary on certain things, though. But it's a excellent game. It does Harry Potter series justice. You need to play it. it. It's like literally the Arkham Asylum of the current Harry Potter run. You will run into issues, but you will love it because it's made with so much love. So much love. So yes, I highly recommend it. 
all right and we're gonna sign off on this podcast for tonight um wonderful talks all around discussions and dissecting the inner workings of the wizarding world with hogwarts legacy so we are going to end it by doing our outros obviously you can find me on twitter at rent operative underscore you can find me on twitch renegade underscore operative and on youtube at renegade operative um i'm gonna try to get this podcast up on the infinite ammo channel so look forward to that on the infinite ammo syndicate on youtube and we're going to have Shug do his outro. So where can we find you? All right, guys, you guys can find me everywhere, pretty much uh, YouTube mainly uh, at Sugar Bastion and Twitter also, where I will post anything that happens between my YouTube stuff and any life stuff that happens, you know, sporadically. So yeah, at Sugar Bastion, pretty much everywhere you can think of. Next, we have Crow. Uh, you can find me on both YouTube and Twitter under uh, Cryo Gaming. Next, we have Max. I promise I'm not an asshole when it comes to every game. I just want the game to be better. It just um, wants to be loved. I, I, it, it's the anti-ego problem from Ratatouille. Like, I, I just want everything to be better than it is. But, um, you know, I see the potential. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me to talk about Hogwarts. It's a great time. My name is Max, also known as Lord Ectro. I am a variety streamer on uh, twitch.tv slash Lord Ectro, and I also do stuff on YouTube and Twitter. We are an uh, occasional VTuber. I kind of do both. Uh, we are currently going through, we are, start, we are continuing the Metroid franchise series and starting the Tomb Raider franchise series, which I'm really excited about to get into both of those. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. This was a great time. I, it does not like it. I really did enjoy my time with this game. It's just different things I think could just be improved on. That's fair. And last but not least, we have El Brandito. Uh, you can find me in your basement at... Uh, okay. What the? All right. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I wanted I'll you. I'm going to look right now. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> He got a room open and everything. He got the shotgun. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Immortal Brando. I have a link tree there. You can find me anything else. Of course, you can find me here at Infinite Animals Syndicate as the Blue Box God. Everywhere else is not your fucking business. Go away. <laughs> All right, then. So, so aggressive. So aggressive. So. When uh, I get you in my basement, it will be my business. I'm just saying. The hell? Oh, I love well, it. It's take on, man. Let's go. Before this yep. man sauce is slung around, we will end the podcast right here now before it gets a little too weird. So we'll see you wizards out there another time. See you later.